Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. Does Russia's war in Ukraine present an opportunity for President Erdogan to end his country's diplomatic isolation and advance the idea that Turkey is a global leader? And is this more about luck rather than shrewd diplomacy? Stephen Cook, an expert on Turkish politics and the Eni Enrico Matei Senior Fellow for Middle East and Africa Studies at the Council on Foreign Relations, joins me today to break this down. Stephen, welcome back on The Greek Current. Great pleasure to be with you. Stephen, in the space of a few months, Turkey has appeared to go from a diplomatically isolated rogue state to a key diplomatic hub, hosting peace talks between Russia and Ukraine and Western leaders. Is this a mirage or has the Ukraine crisis helped Turkey reclaim its diplomatic standing? Well, it is one thing that Turks often say, which is that their, their real estate, their location renders them extremely important. I think that probably... Turkey and its supporters are making a bigger deal out of the role that Turkey is playing in the Ukraine crisis. But I think that its critics at the same time are downplaying some of the advantages that Turkey has, particularly in the mediation process. So I'd say that Turkey is playing an important role, will likely continue to play an important role, but certainly will not likely be central to bringing the hostilities between Ukrainians and Russians to an end. So many elected officials can be characterized, Stephen, by the saying, better lucky than good. And going into 2022, Erdogan, he was considered to be fighting for his political life. Now it looks like he's been getting diplomatic lifeline after lifeline. Would you say he's more lucky than good? Certainly in the Ukraine crisis, he's more lucky than good. He's been able to leverage his good relationship with Vladimir Putin, as well as his support for Ukrainian independence to assert Turkey in the mediation process. And Turkey has some positive attributes that make it a good partner in the mediation process. So in that sense, he's quite lucky. And people have, at least in the West, have forgotten about the Lira crisis, the purge that's been going on for eight years, and a variety of other political pathologies that have emerged in Erdogan's Turkey. Would you say that Erdogan has been able to establish himself then as a real mediator between Russia and Ukraine? Or, you know, is Turkey just the least objectionable host for peace talks between the two? Well, a number of leaders have sought to make themselves out to be mediators. But the things that Erdogan has going for him is that he's a fellow strongman of Vladimir Putin. They have done business together, including uh, Turkey's purchase of the Russian air defense system, the S-400. And over a period of five, six years, Erdogan and Putin have been able to manage their relations despite having vast differences on issues like Syria, Libya, Nagorno-Karabakh, and even Ukraine. So given the fact that Erdogan has this kind of relationship with Putin and probably has spent more time with Putin than any other leader besides perhaps former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, it does put him in a good position to be an interlocutor. Once again, I wouldn't expect too much I don't think the Turks are going to be instrumental in bringing this war to an end. When it comes to that, that you're going to need the United States and the NATO big boys, as opposed to Turkey, who is playing a positive role in trying to nudge the two sides together. But I don't think Turkey has that kind of gravitas to help bring this to an end. Erdogan has long claimed that, you know, Turkey needs to be a central player in the East Med, in the region and in, you know, global politics. How is this now, you know, as we're seeing leaders travel to Turkey, diplomats travel to Turkey, playing out within the region with countries like Israel, like the UAE, like Egypt, which Erdogan has been trying to mend relations with. It's true that Turkey has been basically chasing Egypt around the Mediterranean for at least six, seven, eight, nine months already. What I think 
Turkey is trying to return to that role as a regional troubleshooter in order to increase its stature as a regional leader, as a leader in the Eastern Med, in the Middle East, in Europe, a role that it played pretty effectively in 2005, 2006, and 2007. I think that the Middle Eastern countries, the UAE, Israel, others, remain quite wary of Turkey. Too much has happened between them and Turkey for them to put too much stock in this turnaround on the part of Erdogan. They clearly understand that Erdogan is desperate to break Turkey out of its regional isolation, and that's why there are reasons for his overtures. As we said, the Ukraine crisis helps Turkey, but not necessarily with regard to the Middle East. Stephen, I want to turn to some of the latest news coming out of Ukraine, where we've seen horrific discoveries of atrocities. And this has prompted new sanctions from Western nations and calls for war crimes prosecutions. Could this also you know, be a tipping point that pushes Turkey off the fence that it's been straddling, especially on sanctions against Russia? That's right. Turkey has not sanctioned Russia and has kept its airspace open to Russian aircraft. If Turkey was consistent, it would. It was human rights violations and war crimes that forced the Turks to change their position on the Assad regime. Turkey President Erdogan had a very good relationship with Syrian President Bashar al-Assad until Assad militarized the uprising in Syria and committed a series of war crimes and atrocities. And then Erdogan became a leader of the Assad must-go camp in the international community. These revelations in Bukha and other places would, one would think, push Erdogan in the direction of sanctioning the Russians and, and breaking those relations. There's no indication that they're going to. I think he likes the idea of his mediating role. Do you think that it changes any of Erdogan's calculations moving forward as he looks at his relations with the West and with Russia? But it depends on whether the West wants to apply pressure on Turkey about sanctions or whether the West genuinely values the role that Erdogan is playing. These revelations of war crimes does change the conversation. And it does make it more difficult for countries that have been straddling the line. Very strong statements coming out of Israel, another country in a similar position as Turkey with regard to Russia. And yet we haven't heard much yet from Turkey or its foreign ministry. Stephen, under Secretary of State Victoria Nuland, she was just in Turkey this week, and the two sides issued a joint statement on the strategic mechanism, or as we've called it, the strategic dissonance mechanism. Essentially, another working group to find ways to improve ties. Is this just another way to paper over differences without resolving the key disputes? In a word, yes. And I think that American officials and Turkish officials often point to these working groups, the existence of these working groups, as evidence that there is a strategic relationship between the two countries. The question is, do we have a similar number of working groups with countries like the UK, Canada, New Zealand, Australia? These are countries that have genuine strategic relationships with the United States, yet don't have the kinds of working groups, strategic mechanisms to overcome very serious problems in their relationship because they don't actually exist in the way that they do with Turkey. So to put it bluntly, this is just a way to paper over differences between the two countries and sweep those serious problems under the rug for the moment. Stephen, thanks for joining us again on The Greek Current. Always great speaking with you. Thanks, Dennis. In 
In other news, Russian disinformation about its war against Ukraine needs to be exposed, including on Russia's war crimes, Under Secretary of State Victoria Nuland said on a visit to Cyprus Wednesday. Nuland, on a short visit to Cyprus as part of a tour in the region, joined Foreign Minister Ioannis Kasoulidis for the inauguration of the U.S.-funded Cyprus Center for Land, Open Seas, and Port Security. Both officials reiterated their condemnation of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and praised the closer ties between the U.S. and Cyprus. Asked whether the United States has asked Cyprus to transfer its Russian-made weapons to Ukraine, Nuland said it is not for the U.S. to ask of Cyprus. It's for Cyprus to make its own decisions about what it wants to and can do. Finally, Greece will ramp up coal mining in the next two years as a temporary measure to help reduce a dependence on gas that has soared since last year and after Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis said on Wednesday. Our policy needs to be flexible and adapt to temporary conditions without veering away from our main orientation, Mitsotaki said, referring to an EU target of cutting carbon emissions by 55% by 2030 and achieving zero emissions by 2050. Greece has been looking into boosting spare coal-fired capacity at the Public Power Corporation, its biggest power utility, and adding a floating tank at its sole LNG terminal off Athens to secure energy supplies in case Russia halts gas flows. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.